Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am so excited to be able to talk about this Denver Nuggets win uh, as the Nuggets, I mean, they're taking a commanding 3-0 series lead. Uh, we've got 5-5-5-5-ish in the house. Uh, we've got Bubba Gump in the house. We've got Daniel West here. Uh, Richard says hello. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for hopping in. This is obviously unbelievable. This is obviously a great time. Uh, Fernando, what's up, Brian? That's that's what he said. That's what he said. That's great. Uh, man, it, everything has been fantastic here. The, the energy in L.A., uh, pretty dead. Pretty dead, if I'm being honest, because the Nuggets have stolen Jets shit. They have absolutely crushed it. And, I mean, how could you not love the Denver Nuggets? How could you not love what they have brought to the table here? Uh, as you know, look, look, I'm in, I'm in a hotel room doing my best on, on the setup. I know we've got some, got some nice art. Oh, it's over here. Got some nice art uh, over my right shoulder. Uh, this is... Uh, this is just what LA's all about, I guess. I, I had a drink last night that had CBD in it. That was great. Uh, paired it with the chocolate chip brownie and was knocked out immediately after getting back from the the apart or the uh, the arena. And obviously, still pretty tired. You can tell it in my voice. You could probably see it on me. But we are having a great time. Uh, haven't uh, I'll, I'll answer this one real quick. Haven't communicated quite yet with Swipe, but we will we will find a way to do a weekends with Swipe. But we might not do it over the weekend, but we are going to like especially if this thing goes out in four. I, I'm gonna get it on Swipe, but we're gonna laugh. We're gonna laugh for about forty straight minutes, uh, just talking about uh, just everything that's going on, everything that's happening, and no, this is um, unbelievable. To be able to have happen. And I know the Nuggets fans were waiting for this moment. They're they're absolutely waiting. They're dreaming for this moment. And I'm just so glad to be here to be able to share it with everybody. I hope you're following me. Obviously, like a lot of these folks are following me. All y'all following me on NBA, NBA Twitter, NBA, uh, NBA Black. Good Lord. Holy shit. Um, NBA Blackburn on Twitter, trying to do as much as I can, sharing out a lot of content, sharing out a lot of info, videos, things like that. And then make sure to check out the post-game article that I wrote last night where I drank that CBD drink and, and, and had a great time. It was it was fantastic, but uh, should be good. Uh, this has been unbelievable to watch. But now we got to talk about the game. we got to talk about what actually happened. we got to start with Jamal Murray once again. Like... The, the dude is a killer. He, he's unbelievable. And 30 points in one half is just sick. It's just ludicrous. And I know that he slowed down. I know that he didn't have like 50 points like a lot of people were predicting after he got to 30 in the first. Uh, but I do think that he did exactly what the team needed from him. And this is one of those moments. It's one of those growth moments for Jamal, I think, where he can step up in the moment as a scorer when you need him but also not like fully take over in the second half and try to recreate that. I know he missed a lot of shots in the second half. He he was basically like he made he made a bunch of shots in a row and then missed a bunch of shots in a row. But during that time it never felt like he was forcing things. It never felt like he was trying to do too much with the basketball and and he also did a lot of sharing. He also did a lot of passing and setting up teammates. He set up Jokic on several occasions trying to get to the rim set up KCP, 
set up Michael Porter and, and Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green and guys like that. And it, it just felt like, and he also had a Kobe assist to Bruce Brown in the Kobe building. So that's, uh, that's always fun. But no, it, it felt like to me that Jamal knew exactly what was needed from him last night and, and delivered in, in a big, big way. The 30 points in the first half were unbelievable, though. And, and just being in that building, he sucked the life out of the building immediately. Nobody knew what to do with Jamal Murray. Nobody knew like that he was posting up guys. He was getting around screens. He was stepping back over Anthony Davis like he's making these crazy shots. And that's just who he is. He's a tough shot maker. Uh, you guys don't need me to tell you that. But it, it was very, very cool to see him deliver in that stage. And and I saw him, I, I was sitting courtside while he was going through his warm-up and, and tried to film various things. And one of the things that I missed was him during his half-court shot, he he stopped, uh, Mike Breen stopped by to talk to him. And they, they had a conversation for about, I don't know, like 30 seconds. And they chatted for a little bit. And that was pretty cool to see. And, and th- those guys are just checking in with each other and, and, ha- and having a good time. And it, it is really cool. It is really cool to see Jamal Murray have that moment where he can he could act like he was Mike Breen back when he was younger, act like he was Kevin Harlan and guys like that, and just screaming bang at the top of his lungs at the at the end of game two. Uh, for him to have that moment and for him to show up in that way in the first half and really put the team on his back in that regard was super, super cool. It did not take away from his ability to make his teammates better in the second half. And he played some good defense. He played some good offense, did exactly what was asked of him. And the Nuggets came out with the W as a result. Just a, an amazing run from Jamal Murray right now. Uh, so amazing, actually, that if you asked me to predict it, if let's say let's say Denver wins tomorrow, let's say let's say they win on Monday, and Jamal is the leading scorer again. He's dominated the entire time. Does that Magic Johnson Western Conference playoff trophy? Does that go to Jokic? Does it go to Murray? Like, Jamal's been unbelievable. Like, I, I know, and Jokic has been unbelievable too, probably at a at a higher level, if we're being honest. But it is really hilarious that the one time that Denver kind of gets through the playoffs, you actually have a question as to as to who it would go to, because Jamal's averaging 35 a night. Like, you, you gotta give him his flowers. And uh, that's that's a, a good problem to have. It's not a bad problem to have, but those guys have been that duo has been unbelievable as a as a as a duo. So, Jokic though he struggled. That was that was probably the biggest story of the game for three quarters. Was that Jokic, despite the fact that he is a like he's an MVP, he is a dominant player. He's probably the best player in the world. I, I think he is the best player in the world. Uh, despite all that, he did not approach the game last night with a lot of aggressiveness. He talked about it after the game that. He was just trying to get Jamal set up. There, there's no doubt in my mind that that's what was going on. That's what he was trying to do. But still, like there, there were definitely moments where, okay, Jamal doesn't have it on one possession. Jokic gets the ball at the top of the at the top of the circle, basically, and, and says, "Okay, you've got an isolation against Rui Hachimura. You can do a number of things." And what he did wasn't great. But he he would fade away in that first half. He he wasn't really aggressive trying to get downhill. Didn't really draw Anthony Davis too far away from his his assignment and 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 allow for a dunk underneath. There were a lot of possessions where I thought, yeah, Jokic is just making odd decisions. These are things that he's not used to doing. 
and I, I was a little bit concerned. And then he picks up the fourth foul in <laughs> in the third quarter, and with I think it was about like seven forty two, seven thirty left in the in the third. Denver had to survive that entire time, and and they did. They they were able to make it work. They were they were able to survive. But if it weren't for KCP, if it weren't for Michael Porter, if it weren't for Jamal Murray and guys like that, Denver might have been in a really bad spot with Jokic coming back into the game. But they weren't. They made it work. And and to see him be able to do that, to see him be able to step up in that regard, Jokic in that fourth quarter, the team picked them up. The team absolutely picked him up in the first three quarters. He did not have to be the MVP in the first three, but he did in the fourth. He absolutely did in the fourth. The Nuggets knew, and I, I think he knew, that the team wasn't going to win the game unless he took over, unless he took some pressure off of Jamal, unless he took some pressure off of the rest of the team. And for him to step up in that moment, he had 15 points, two rebounds, two assists in that fourth quarter alone, that was so big. It was so, so big because if he doesn't step up in that moment, then you're talking about a 2-1 series. And the Lakers, I'm sure, even though it felt a little bit shaky there for a little bit for them, they would have had a little bit of confidence and that they're just surviving at that point. So I think it's great. I think it's great that Jokic struggled a little bit and that the team picked him up and that the team said, no, we got this. We can absolutely do this. We want to do it with you, but we absolutely know that we can do it without you. And then Jokic gets a little bit of a break. He, he gets a little bit of a rest in a game where Anthony Davis played 34 of the first 36 minutes. LeBron James is as tired as he is after dealing with some injuries and just being 38 years old. That's tough. It's, it's a tough place for him to be. And then Jamal, 30 points in the first half. You knew he was drained. There's absolutely no doubt that he was. So it's nice to see Jokic step up in that moment and really deliver on the biggest stage because they needed him to do it. And, and he was aggressive. He was uh, combative. He was good defensively. There were some possessions where, I mean, there was a lot of possessions in that fourth quarter where LeBron James tried to seek out the isolation against Jokic. And sometimes he was successful and sometimes he wasn't. And the fact that he was only successful like half of the time or less, that's exactly what you need. You, you can't just give up a constant run. And, and Jokic didn't. He was very, very good in that fourth quarter on both ends of the floor. And the Nuggets needed that. And they absolutely got it done because Jokic was able to step up in that moment. Great stuff from him, and it is very cool to see him uh, struggle and then respond in that moment, because not all the players in these playoffs are, are responding after they struggle. Let's just say that. Michael Porter Jr., we'll talk about him before we take a break. Uh, by the way, Jokic had like 24-6-8, which is a great game for a lot of people and a subpar game for Nikola Jokic. Actually, it was, it was probably the worst game that he's played these playoffs. Like, it, it wouldn't be surprising. At least with that 8 of 29 performance that he had against the Minnesota Timberwolves in game five, you could point to a lot of other production and say, oh yeah, he, but he rebounded the basketball like crazy. He was passing like crazy. In this one, he, he wasn't really doing much of any of those things, but he still stepped up when they needed him to. But Michael Porter, 14 points only. 10 rebounds, 6 assists, a career high in assists for Michael Porter. And you could see it. You could, you could see a lot of it when he, when he was making the decisions out there. There were times where he was trying to get himself going in that first half especially. I think he was 1 of 4 in the first half. And then at the beginning of the third quarter, 
He was also trying to get himself going. There was a, a dribble up three pointer that he tried to take. He took a step back two off of an escape dribble over Austin Reeves and just, just not great shots. Shots that Denver can can live without. I don't know what was said. I don't I don't know if anything was said in the in the huddle in the third quarter, but when Jokic went out of the game, it really felt like Michael Porter turned it up too. It wasn't just Murray and, and Murray actually scored zero points in that in that third quarter. It wasn't just KCP. I really do think that Michael Porter found some ways to get himself going in that third. He had a three. I know that even after he was missing, he he was missing a lot of shots and, and ultimately turned it into a relatively efficient performance, which is insane. Uh, he was only four of 11, but four of 10 from three is crazy. Uh, but he had six assists and some of the passes that he was making weren't like these easy reads. Now, a lot of it was, hey, you're just making the extra pass ahead of the play. You know where the guy is supposed to be. And then you make the requisite decision. And that's great. But a lot of this is Michael Porter reading the game. Michael Porter actually doing the right thing and and being ahead of the process, which is how you get six assists. You can fall into three in this offense with relative ease. It does not take a lot of effort to get three assists for the Denver Nuggets, like just because of the way that everybody passes and cuts. Like if you're not doing that, then you're probably doing something wrong. But uh, what... Porter did in this last game was he found extra opportunities to make the extra pass. There was one possession where he was in transition with Jokic going down the middle of the floor. And rather than take it up over Anthony Davis, Porter kind of like guides the ball over to Jokic in the middle of the paint and makes a great pass. It was a weird, awkward angle, not necessarily the most clean pass, but the idea of it was excellent because uh, Porter drug the defender away from Jokic, and he he made the attention go away from Jokic, and, and Jokic then has a, a wide open layup at that point, and, and it was a it was a perfect play. It was a perfect play. So him being able to step up and make those kinds of decisions, it's such a big deal. Like it's such a big deal. And, and seeing him really show up in that moment and and you don't know what exactly it's going to look like. You don't know what the defense is going to look like all the time. There were some plays where I was I was frustrated with Porter just watching him, like watching Austin Reeves go around a, a DHO and Porter's just taking this wide ass angle trying to trying to get around it. And like, come on, come on, man. Like you gotta be more precise than that. And he was and he stepped up and, and he elevated his own game on both ends of the floor, grabbed rebounds, dished out assists, and then hit a clutch bucket in that fourth quarter, right when the Nuggets needed it to. Just doing great stuff. And and this is who Michael Porter is. He is a third option. He is a guy who can do other things, can step up in different moments. But right now, for this Nuggets team specifically, he is a third option. And that is okay, because the first option is Nikola Jokic, and the second option is Jamal Murray, who's averaging 35 points a night. So, like, there's ain't no shame. It, there ain't no shame in being the third option in this in this particular offense right now. And he's stepping up beautifully. He's doing exactly what he needs to do on that end in order to make a difference. And it's just awesome to be able to see it. Like, think about where Michael Porter was like back when, when he was a rookie. Uh, the kind of player that you expected him to be. I expected him to be like the modern version of Carmelo Anthony. And in some regards, he still has those elements in his game, and, and he's still trying to figure out some things. But it is really cool to see him evolve 
And Michael Malone gave him probably the best compliment he could have given him last night and said that was a great example of Michael Porter Jr.'s greatness. And that to me says that Malone is in Porter's camp. Malone has been won over by Michael Porter Jr.'s efforts, focus, discipline, attention to detail, and competitiveness. Like, these are things that I did not expect to find from Michael Porter Jr., but he has absolutely grown up in this league. He has shown exactly what he needs to be, and it is very, very cool to see him become this version of himself when he he could have become other versions. But this is the... This is the idealized version of Michael Porter Jr. with the Denver Nuggets. Doesn't need to be a a big volume score. Doesn't need to be a guy with the ball in his hands all the time. But when you have the option, you know how to make the right play, and you just continuously make the right play and have the talent to make a great play right when you need to. So very cool stuff. He deserves so much credit, and I'm so happy that he's been able to show up on this moment and, and, and be one of the most essential pieces of this roster, as opposed to just kind of an an add-on, which he was for a while. Now he's just a part of the team and and has been super, super cool to see. All right, tell you what, let's take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about the rest of the Nuggets rotation, including, I got to give some props to my guy, Jeff Green, (laughs) who who doesn't like me, but but I got to give some props to him for sure. But first, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports betting, and right now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus, win or lose. They will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get 250 bucks, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll Ryan Blackburn here. I forgot the Michael Porter thing was up there. Sorry. Sorry, Superbook. That's not what was supposed to happen. I also don't have any water to drink right now, so I usually take that time to kind of wet the whistle a little bit, and that's uh, that's not happening either. So we're just going to roll right through. Here we go. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, see a lot of folks in the comments right now. Uh, thank you so much for, for hopping in. Make sure to give us a like, and if, if you're wanting to catch this on the audio side later, should sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the audio side on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fantastic. All right, let's go to KCP. I asked KCP about this, and he he steps up exactly when you need him to. This is what a great veteran does. A great veteran is a guy who knows his role, first and foremost executes his role and then when there is a when there's a gap in the plan a flaw in the plan what what's not supposed to happen is happening you can shut that down and you can take over when you need to and be a player that can absolutely take over in a clutch moment and the mid-range the three the three that he hit where murray swings the ball out to him 
and he looks at his defender, takes one dribble, and then the defender sags off at that point. And he just is like, you've given me too much space. I'm going to pop this three in your mouth. And then pops the three in his mouth. That's exactly what you need from a guy like KCP, where you don't have Jokic on the floor, or maybe he's even struggling a little bit. You don't have the perfect idealized Nuggets offense at that point, but I'm going to make the shot anyway, because I'm KCP. And he's absolutely stepping up in that regard in this series. And, And in these playoffs, he's just been so, so cool to see everybody fill their role perfectly. And and like I could go down the line. Jokic has done it because he's he's the best player. He's filled the role of best player really well. Murray has been the second scorer, the second option that has stepped up and played like a first option in these playoffs. Michael Porter, we've just talked about, like he's just been unbelievable, filled in the gaps really, really well. KCP, I asked him about it. Like, what? how does he know when the right time is to be to go from the fourth or fifth option to be more aggressive. And he says it's all about patience, it's all about understanding role, and it's all about taking advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. And he, he did that beautifully this last game. Just uh, unbelievable stuff from KCP. 17 points, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 17, 6 of 10 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, had a couple steals. Just doing exactly what he needs to do just to get Denver through it. He didn't actually close the game. He started the fourth quarter, and then Denver had Bruce Brown come in for him. And Bruce Brown played a great game. We'll talk about him in just a bit. But KCP can be that great role player and not close. He doesn't have to all the time. Like That's the great thing about Denver's rotation is that Bruce Brown has been so good that he also has to close. So Denver has this, this big problem on their hands where, hey, you, you got to know. Like it, Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's tough to, to figure out how many and, and which guys are actually going to close in the game. KCP didn't do it, but he helped get them there. He absolutely helped get them there, and that's a really cool thing to say. Just just fantastic stuff from Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Aaron Gordon also didn't close the game. I, I wasn't a fan of Aaron Gordon's night because I, I think that he is he's at this phase right now where he doesn't really know exactly how to fit in, but he did have four assists. I want to give him credit there. Only three rebounds in his 32 minutes, seven points, two of five from the field, three of four from the line. Missed his only three-point attempt, and it just kind of feels like this isn't an Aaron Gordon series. And and what I mean by that is, last series was an Aaron Gordon series. You needed him to be able to step up and guard Kevin Durant. You needed him to be able to switch on to Devin Booker, or switch on to DeAndre Ayton, and, and feel good about any of those matchups. And you did feel good about all of those matchups because of the way that he was playing. They also, because they didn't have that massive rim protection, like, Gordon got blocked by Kevin Durant in the previous series, but you still didn't feel like, like, you felt like you had to challenge him. You don't have to challenge Anthony Davis. It's actually a bad idea to challenge Anthony Davis over and over again because he's just not going to get into foul trouble, and that's just what he does. He's the best rim protector in the league right now. So you've got to space him out. And Aaron Gordon, not really spacing him out, not really doing that. So they go to Jeff Green, and Jeff Green did that instead, and that was a good idea by Michael Malone, who deserves a ton of credit for the way he's managed this thing. But that's okay. It doesn't have to be an Aaron Gordon series. It's a Jokic, Murray, and Porter series, and then different guys are going to step up. KCP has stepped up. Bruce Brown has stepped up. Even Jeff Green stepped up tonight. Aaron Gordon, it's not his series, and that's fine. Like He will have plenty of opportunities if Denver does end up getting to the NBA Finals. He'll either have to guard Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum. 
There are plenty of opportunities for that. Bench lineups. Denver changed their rotation last night, and they've they've been fluid with it lately. Haven't had a lot of consistency with it, but they did go to this group. Bruce Brown, KCP, Michael Porter, Jeff Green, Nicole Jokic. This was the group that they went to at the beginning of each of the second quarter and the fourth quarter, particularly because Murray in the first 12 minutes of this game was a shooting fireball uh, and just absolutely killing everybody. And that was cool. Like, that was absolutely unbelievable to, to watch and to witness, but it did change Denver's bench. And, and Jokic came back in, wasn't great in that second quarter, and Denver, they, they, were, they were having some struggles. This lineup didn't really do well in that second quarter, but it did well in the fourth, or at least got them through, and Jokic started to find some things. And this was interesting. So I thought that I thought that Anthony Davis would start the fourth quarter. He didn't end up doing that. Instead, they went to LeBron at the four and Rui at the five. And that allowed for Jokic to kind of play that. So they it's basically them playing Rui Hachimura as the primary defender on Jokic without actually having the secondary rim protector, like the guy that, that kind of is the pterodactyl behind the, the wall that Rui's trying to put up against Jokic. And rather than do that, they decided to have LeBron back there, and he just wasn't able to provide the same resistance, the same rim protection. And Denver was able to get going in that moment, and they actually they they started getting it to go. And I think Jokic still made some dumb decisions during that the beginning of that stretch and, and had to figure some things out in that fourth quarter, but he made it work, and, and the Nuggets made it work as a team, and it's just really cool to see them step up in this way. Having different configurations that you can go to uh, with Bruce Brown at the one with Michael Porter out there with Jokic out there. It's it's just a very very cool thing to see from them, and and they've they've made it work for sure. Uh, Bruce Brown, <laughs> you freaking haw! This is the third straight time. Uh, that is the Superbook ad. Uh, that is not supposed to be up there. Oh, let me get it. Superbook, yeah, Superbook, our our uh, our great sponsor. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, yeah. Bruce Brown, you freaking haw, I think is, is this is the third straight time that I have used that as my overlay for this particular podcast. And it's it's game one, game two, game three. He's been unbelievable in all three of them. And I, how could you not love what Bruce Brown does? How could you not love the consistency? Uh, <laughs> the consistency. Uh, my, Michael's private chatting me and said that his dog, Maple, Decided to drop her ball on the keyboard, and that is why Superbook popped. <laughs> that is amazing. Good, good for you, Maple. Good for you. Uh, but no, Bruce Brown doing great things. Fifteen points, five rebounds, five assists, one steal. Was a plus six in this game. Had to fight through the foul trouble. Actually, let me pause there. Let me pause there because now we've got we've got a lot of people in the chat now. I know a lot of people are going to complain about the refs. I know a lot of people, and deservedly so, are going to complain about Scott Foster and the refs from last night because, holy hell, it felt like a fix was in in that building. <laughs> you, you just watch what was going on on both ends of the floor. You see the free throw disparities. You see the, the touch fouls that the Lakers were getting. Austin Reeves turning, pivoting, pivoting, pivoting up faking with the ball and then leaning into Bruce Brown and then when he's got him up in the floor, up in the up in the air like it looked like the fix was in last night it felt like it absolutely did 
And you know the Nuggets were thinking it too. You know they were thinking, what is going on? This is unbelievable. This is insane. Why are you doing this? And I could not believe it. Could not believe it that they were about to get away with that. And then things kind of evened out a little bit in that fourth quarter. The Lakers did not have the energy to be able to really capitalize on it. And they missed the shots that they needed to make. Uh, Denver really took advantage of that, that that the Lakers, they shot 10 of 32 from three uh, for 31%. The Nuggets shot 17 of 41 for 41% from three. It was very, very good. They outscored the Lakers by 21 points from behind the arc alone. Uh, and the, the free throw shooting doesn't, it, it was 29 to 11 at one point, And then the Nuggets went to the free throw line due to intentional fouling. So this, it feels like it was closer than what it actually was. Uh, <laughs> or it, it was closer than how it felt like. That's that's what I mean. Uh, but it was just so weird. It was it was crazy to watch that and to, to be in the building for that. Like every Lakers fan was like, "Yeah, this is this is cool. This is uh, this is how this is supposed to go." And I'm I'm just looking around like, "How are you, are you watching this? Like, how how can you not see what's going on here? This is, it felt like the fix was in. It was crazy." Uh, but Denver survived it, and Bruce Brown survived it. Bruce Brown had five fouls in this last game, just trying to play his normal aggressive defense, and was so good, so good in this game. Just some of the floaters that he's hitting right now are, like, they're crazy shots. And, like, he he had a weird catch off of a, I think a Jokic pass, or no, it was a Murray pass at one point in that first half, or maybe maybe it was the second half. Uh, and just just jump straight up for a floater at that point. He has the floater off of dribble drives and not going all the way into a guy like Anthony Davis seems very comfortable with that shot. I, I may have to apologize publicly to Bruce Brown about the floater because I was like, hey, never take a floater again. And lo and behold, it is the entire reason that he has been so good. In, not the entire reason, but it has been one of the elements of him being so good in these playoffs. It feels like he makes those at a really solid rate right now. And just is a complete gamer, knows exactly what he has to do. And the defense that he plays, like he he picks the pocket of LeBron James at the end of game two. That's just one of the examples, but has a steal in this one, had five rebounds. Uh, just a, a very physical defender and, and is closing out really well on the perimeter as well. Just, just doing extremely good stuff. And this is so important. Uh, I know that. Nuggets fans are, are going to be super unhappy when Bruce Brown walks in the offseason. Uh, somebody is going to give Bruce Brown a big deal. Like, it's it's just, it is just a reality, unfortunately. Like, that dude, he is one of the best free agents in this class. And that may say a little bit about the class. That may say a little bit about uh, just, just the lack of, of depth in this class, especially on the wings. But what Bruce Brown has provided for the Nuggets is amazing, and to the point where if I were the Nuggets, I'd be willing to give him the exact same contract that I gave to KCP, which is basically, hey, two years, $30 million, three years, $45 million. It's a $15 million annually contract. Like that's, that's what I would give to keep Bruce Brown around. Unfortunately, the Nuggets are not legally allowed to do that. They, they can't. It's, it's, not a, it's not a choice there. It is a stipulation in the CBA, like because of that, like, and also... If they cross the second tax apron, they're not going to be able to give some of those other exceptions out anyway. So there's a lot that Denver's going to have to deal with. There's a lot that they're going to have to figure out in this offseason to try to keep this team together. 
I'm not as worried about that right now. I think they should just try to win the championship. But uh, if if they're able to do that, then then there are some there are some things that they're going to have to figure out. And one of those is: can you keep around Bruce Brown? It, possibly any any particular way. I don't think so. But uh, just enjoy the Bruce Brown experience while you have it. He has been so good in a Nuggets uni. Next is Jeff Green. Jeff Green deserves so much credit. I know it's weird. I know it's weird. Like, only had five points. Wasn't exactly like this this stellar rebounder or anything. But he closed the game last night. Played 23 minutes. Grabbed four rebounds. Had an assist. Had only five points. But I'm not lying when I say that the difference between Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon as a floor spacer is a big deal. The Lakers are respecting Jeff Green. They're not fully giving him up those shots. When they do give him up those shots, you feel like Jeff Green's willing to take them. Jeff Green's willing to take the open shot in the corner when the ball comes to him. Aaron Gordon's not really. He's he's still trying to figure that out. He he wants to be more aggressive. He wants to be around the rim. Uh, he knows where his butt his his uh, bread is buttered and and wants to continue to do that. But what Jeff Green has been willing to do is stand in the corner be ready for the open three, and then take it, even if Anthony Davis is closing out on him, even if he's trying to give a contest. And he goes one of two last night, makes a clutch three in that fourth quarter, and Denver absolutely needed it. They they couldn't have asked for a better time for Jeff Green to step up there. And he also can switch on to guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis and Rui Hachimura and, and do a credible job on those guys. It's not incredible. It's not like he's he's this massively positive defender or anything, and I think Aaron Gordon really outstrips him on the defensive end. But Denver won the game last night, 119-108. They needed more offense. They needed somebody who could space the floor. They needed to always be able to generate a good shot, and Jeff Green did that. Jeff Green helped them do that in a big, big way and deserves a ton of credit for it. Now, uh, we'll see what happens in Game 4. We'll see what happens for, hypothetically, the rest of the series, but... I don't know what it's going to look like. I think that Jeff is like he, he stepped up and he, he played the game that he needed to play. And, and we'll see what the rest of the series looks like. But I don't know if I could turn to anybody else on the bench right now. Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji, Vlako Chanchar. You might be able to get something from those guys, but it, it it does just feel like Jeff Green is the the guy that they're going with. And that's fine. He's, he's stepped up and he's, he's done exactly what he's needed to do. So good for him. Good for him for sure. And finally, Christian Brown. It's not a Christian Brown series. I, I I love Christian Brown. I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to be a great nugget for a long time. He may ultimately be the starter that they need when KCP ultimately ages out. Now, hopefully that's not for a long time. But Christian is not ready. And he's, he's not ready to take the shots that they need him to take. And there was a play in, I think it was the second quarter, but it might have been, it might have been different from that. Like he, he had a very brief stretch in the first half and then had a brief uh, like one play that he played in the third quarter and immediately gave up an open three to Austin Reeves because of the miscommunication between him and Aaron Gordon, or it might have been him and KCP. It was one of the two. Uh, and Christian got yanked immediately after that. He was like 11 seconds that he was out there on the court and did not come back in. He has to find a way if Denver does advance in this next series, if if they do get to the NBA Finals, he has to find a way to be on the floor. Like Denver cannot go seven guys. Like they they are tiring out. Uh, 
you need somebody who can take on some of that mental burden, some of that physical burden, and Christian can step up in those moments. I do believe that. But against the Los Angeles Lakers, there's no guy for him to really guard. There's no, like, he, he has to be able to space the floor. They're just going to dare him to shoot. Or he's got to be able to finish at the rim, but they've got Anthony Davis there. So it's it's hard. Like, I, I don't. I don't just want to say that, yeah, it's, it's definitely like Christian Brown's fault. Like it's, it's like he, he can step up in that moment. He'll, he'll be okay. Like he's going to be a good player for a long, long time. Uh, but this is one of his flaws right now. And, and this is just what it means to play a rookie. Sometimes you're not ready. Now, it'll be interesting to see if, if Michael Malone continues to play him. I think he'll probably try to give him a little bit more run in the game four, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. They may decide to make a change. And, and frankly, it's okay like if they have to do that. It is okay. All right, let's take a break now. Let's take one more break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, why this may have been the best win in franchise history immediately after the previous best win in franchise history and why doing this in Los Angeles is even sweeter. We'll be right back. our guys sean and sandy make sure to go check out sean and sandy wherever you get either a podcast or i mean they're on mile high sports radio you should be following mile high sports uh, 98.1 fm 107.5 hd3 those guys are fantastic at what they do all right let's wrap this thing up by discussing why this is a thing why game three has been uh game three game three was crazy like just being able to watch that and watch what was going on with the referees watch what was going on with Jamal at the beginning what was going on with Jokic and then them being able to take over at the end it was just really cool to see really really cool to see them be able to step up in that moment and basically end the series like how how insane is that how insane is that that the Western Conference Finals may be over before it even started now the series doesn't start until the road team wins and the road team won game three and that's what it feels like when, when you're able to do that. You take over in that moment. Denver has been the better clutch team. They have been the better uh, executing team. Uh, and, and even if the Lakers feel like they gave up a couple opportunities in game one and two, how can you feel like you gave up an opportunity in game three when Jamal Murray goes off for 30 in the first quarter or the first half and then you just take their soul in, in the second half? Like It was unbelievable to watch. Uh, really, really cool stuff to see, and this is one of the best wins, probably the best win in franchise history, and for the reason, you've never been further than this in the NBA. You've never, ever been further than this. The Nuggets have never gotten to this point. The, the previous times that they've been to the Western Conference Finals, they've only ever lost like 4-1 and 4-2. You've now won three games. This is the most games you've won in an NBA season. That's actually true. Like. Actually, well, that's like if you're if you're combining regular season and playoffs, like there's some 57 wins. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to call it. I think this is the most wins that they've had in a in a season combined regular season and playoffs. I believe, other than maybe 2009. Actually, 2009 was was tied. It's tied right now. If Denver wins another game, they'll have the most wins ever in franchise history, and that's just a, a really cool thing to say that they're in a great spot and. I feel really good about where this team is at. How could you not feel really good about where this team is at? The mentality that they brought 
I got the sense that after the Phoenix series, that they would be a little bit more like focused in, in Game Three here. I've got this. I got the the sense that they didn't like the way that things went in Phoenix, and it is funny. What I talked about pregame was that I didn't think that Denver could be like they couldn't be the team that that had Jamal Murray shooting thirty times and Jokic shooting thirty times and. Like you, you can't involve anybody else. It, it, it has to be the entire team versus uh, the the duo in, in LeBron and AD. That was the that was the formula that I thought it would take, and I was half right because Murray took twenty nine shots and and he took uh, he took twenty shots in the first half, which is unbelievable. That's a that's a crazy number. But with the way that Jokic played, with the way that the game kind of flowed, it felt like. Denver needed everybody in order to win it. Like you got Murray to get you through the first half, but then it was KCP and MPJ in the third quarter. It was Jokic in the fourth quarter. Jeff Green stepped up at some moments. Bruce Brown was great throughout. AG, even though it, it's not really an AG series, he still stepped up as well. And it just feels like Denver is... It feels like Denver's there. It feels like this is the moment. It, it has always felt like this is the moment. And I'm really happy to be a part of it. I, I'm really happy to be able to do this uh, and, and to be able to hang out with you guys and, and talk about this. Uh, we've got, a, <laughs> got the, the Lakers fans back. It's amazing. Uh, no, we're, we are we are chilling. We are having a good time. To be able to do this in Los Angeles makes it even sweeter. Uh, the Lakers. They've got nothing going for them right now. They, they like other than Austin Reeves, who I, I think is actually Steph Curry, and or is it like at least stolen some of Steph Curry's, like like stolen a hair, and been like, yeah, I'm going to use this to up my uh, shooting levels, and because he keeps banking in threes and like rimming threes in, like just these guys are is doing some crazy stuff with with uh, with Austin Reeves right now. But it's him, it's LeBron, it's AD. Those guys are like they're fine. If Austin Reeves has a credible case to be the best player on your team, the guy that you should be turning to in the clutch, then you probably have a problem. Rui Hachimura finally also came back to earth last night, and it was interesting seeing him do that in LA as opposed to like being extremely comfortable in Denver doing what he was doing. He made some shots initially, but really fell off, and especially in that second half. What did Rui end up finishing with? It was only 5 of 12. 13 points, 5 of 12. I think he started the game like, five of seven, something like that. So missed his last few shots. And that was a very, very big deal for Denver to be able to get done. Uh, But look, it's really sweet to be able to do this against the Lakers because they've always been big brother. They've always been the franchise that has stopped Denver on when they're on the doorstep of immortality, when they're on the doorstep of really becoming a team and a franchise that can be fully respected. Denver has never been a franchise to be respected. And and now they are now they are really starting to change that narrative, I think. Where, where you can go up against Big Brother and and come out the other side and just just floor them. And it's been really cool to see. It's been really cool to be a part of. I think the entire team feels that way by the way that nobody believes in us, nobody respects us. That is a real thing that they feel. Now, I do think that it's 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 gone a little bit too far at times because I think the the NBA and, and ESPN and organizations like that are like, yeah, but we thought that you could do it. 
It's just that we thought the other team would do it more. And that's that's part of the, the overall level of disrespect that they're getting to. But I think it is funny that there, there are a lot of people that still pick the Lakers, despite the fact that every basketball reason, every single thing that you thought basketball-wise, that was always going to be in Denver's favor. There was never any doubt, never any doubt that it would be in Denver's favor because they've got the best player. They may have the, the second best player in the series, too. They have the second best player in the series, too. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I, I love to be able to see it. Uh, it has been really awesome to be able to see this. The series is over. Knock on wood. Obviously, it's just a matter of when. Uh, no team has ever come back from a series down 3-0. And I don't expect this Lakers team to be the first one to do it. Like There are certain things that you have to have on your side in order to be able to do it. And I think one of those things is energy. And the Lakers just don't have any energy right now. It feels like after game two, LeBron, like he's, he's found ways to be successful. There's no doubt, like he's still LeBron James. But between him and Anthony Davis, those guys don't have the energy to be able to match what the Nuggets are putting out there right now. Like they, they just don't. And Austin Reeves is fine. D'Angelo Russell looks broken. Rui Hachimura looks good, but but still a little bit shaky at times. And especially on the defensive end when, when he's not matched up with Jokic. And there's just a lot to be able to discuss there. And like there's just not a lot that the Lakers can turn to and say, yeah, this is an answer. This is an answer. Because the Nuggets figure figure you out over the course of a series. They they are not going to let this Rui adjustment kill them for the entire time. It's just not going to happen. So I think that the real question is whether Denver's going to get this done in LA or if they're going to get it done in Denver. Uh we're, we're going to see, like, it would be really cool to sweep. It would be really, really cool to sweep. Uh, whether it actually happens or not, that remains to be seen. But I do think that Denver, they, they're in a great spot. They're in a great, great spot to be able to do this. And I'm I'm excited to be able to to talk about it with all y'all, with with everybody here. This is the largest, uh, this is the largest audience I've had so far on, on the YouTube side. And it has been really cool to see everybody flock to this. Uh, I hope that Nuggets fans can enjoy this. I hope that Nuggets fans can take their time with this. Uh, hopefully the other series goes a little bit longer. I know that the Nuggets, you probably don't want the Nuggets to get too much off time in between uh, NBA Finals and, and when it actually starts. But I do think that Nuggets fans, this is the most important thing, is to be able to celebrate it, is to be able to enjoy it, to be able to take acknowledgement and, and and earn your flowers like you have you have earned it you you should be able to receive those flowers and you should be able to take that time and the nuggets now they, they have an opportunity if they finish this thing in four it's going to be amazing uh what are, what are people going to talk about by the way I, i've been trying to think about this what are people going to talk about for in the western conference if if they don't have the lakers to be able to talk about like they'll, they'll talk about them for like a couple days after that, but what if it stretches on for longer in between series? Like, I, I don't remember what the exact start time for the NBA Finals is, but is it like June second? It's May twenty first right now. It, there are thirty one days in May. <laughs> there, there's a lot of time between the start or between the end of the conference finals and the start of the NBA Finals if the Nuggets are able to take over. So it's going to be hilarious to, to see what everybody actually decides to talk about. I'm hoping to be able to sit down with with at least a 
uh, a prominent nugget. I, I think you guys can can figure out who I'm talking about here, but that that'll be a great time to be able to do it. And I'm I'm hoping that that we can do it kind of in a similar way of of the uh, the Christian Brown interview. That will be don't want to count chickens, but I, I think we might be able to get something done there. Um, I'm just going to leave this question up on the screen. I'm not even going to say the words. Nuggets fans can think about this one. Nuggets fans can can think about uh, the Eastern Conference a little bit. They can they can think about what's uh, what's to come. That'll be very very interesting on June first. I'm I'm seeing June first from everybody in the comment section. Thank you everybody for that. Gosh, it's just so much time. So <laughs> so much time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a full on vacation. It's gonna be great. Uh, don't want to put the cart before the horse though. The Nuggets obviously game four is coming up. It'll be Monday night in crypto dot com arena it was a crypt last night at the end where nobody had any energy at all i don't know what it's going to look like in game four but it could go much the same direction if denver has the requisite energy and intensity that they need so we will see what it ultimately looks like but i am very excited to be able to hang out and talk about it with all y'all uh before now i think that is going to do it on this podcast michael can you hit that outro music for us uh folks that is going to do it on this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. My hair is doing some crazy things after getting out of the shower, but it is what it is. I, I really do appreciate everybody for hopping in. Uh, an amazing run. An amazing run and opportunity to be able to cover this for all of you. Uh, doing my best to uh, cover this the best possible way that I can. Uh, I don't. I want to have fun with this. I want to enjoy it. I want everybody to be able to come along with the ride with me. And I hope all y'all are enjoying it too. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. Hit that like button on the way out. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.